0: Mm -hmm.
1: Ah. I'm Ron Dawson and this is Radio Film School, A Filmmaker's Journey. On Tuesday, September 1st, 2015, I embarked upon what would become the greatest creative challenge and endeavor of my life. A highly produced This American Lifestyle audio documentary podcast about the art and craft of filmmaking and the history of cinema.
0: 115 years of film history have gone by and what price victory what have we gotten back to we've gotten back to the size of the small frame watch it on your smartphone which is the same place where Edison started out is this good or bad I don't know but you know sometimes it just makes me depressed (laughs) you know people are now watching everything on a on a on the same size screen that they were in 1890 (laughs) and we put all this energy into it and, and now we're proud of it
1: Every week, I committed to bring you episodes that would transcend the traditional one-on-one interview style and topical discussions about how to do this and how to do that. Episodes that would dive into deeper, more existential questions about what it means to be a filmmaker and to be an artist in general. The biggest thing about these
0: directors is they have
1: such a clear
0: voice, such a clear perspective on who they are and that essence of who they are Spills onto their art. And that's what a great artist is, is someone who's able to express who they are through their art in a very clear way, a very clear, precise way that there is no arguing that a Chris Nolan movie is a Chris Nolan movie. You can see a Chris Nolan movie and see it. Some have it so much more clearly than others, like a Tarantino film. The second someone opens their mouth, you know it's a Tarantino film. Mm -hmm. And there is no other guy riding like Tarantino in this generation or arguably in the next.
1: You knew the show was going to be different when the very first official episode was titled A Fathers in Filmmaking. And after a montage of famous movie clips with father figures, I got into personal explorations with filmmakers about how their relationships with their fathers affected their craft.
0: I didn't have a very strong family background and so, um, gosh, my my dad pretty much walked out um, when, when I was pretty young. So I was raised by my single mother that eventually, um, she kind of grown really uh, into a deep depression to the point where she's schizophrenic right now. So I've, I've been her caretaker for a good number of, of years. And um, when, when you're kind of forced to really kind of take care of the people around you and, and you're kind of forced to grow up so early, it's really hard to kind of focus on yourself and you know, even considering what dreams I had at the time. Um, I, I knew, wow. yeah, I knew filmmaking was well, always something I loved doing, but to but to even think about uh, pursuing it as a full-time profession, you know, it just seemed just uh, way out of I don't know, just out of reach for me.
1: In episode two, I shared how my own father wound contributed to me becoming a filmmaker. <laughs> On one of my yearly visits to my dad's house, uh, he gave me a super 8 millimeter film camera. He was and to this day is an avid photography hobbyist. And so he gave me this little motion picture movie camera and when someone that important to you gives you something like that, it makes a mark on you. You don't necessarily know it at the time, but I think it makes a mark nonetheless. I even went so far as to break into tears when talking to Still Motion co-founder Patrick Moreau about the death of my mother after he so vulnerably shared about the suicide of his. Vulcan is imploding on itself, and Spot goes down. And he tries to save everybody, and then you know everyone's being beamed up. And the last second, you know, he reaches out for his mom, and he and she like uh, you know falls into the void, and he's beamed up. And then the next shot is like this close-up and this look of loss on his face. Like I saw that, and for some reason, it just took me back to that moment, and like I like burst into tears. My wife was like wondering what was going on, and then within seconds she figured it out. She put two and two together. Yeah, and like there were other times where, you know that. (sighs) I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I. I totally understand. You start... (laughs) The host is not supposed to cry. ...living them everywhere. And it was fine. Like, before I brought this up, I was thinking, I don't know if I should ask you this question (laughs) because... I must admit, I struggled with whether or not to include that clip of me breaking down. Ultimately, I felt important to include because it's one thing to say how much a thing affects you. It's another to viscerally experience it through the tears of another person. And as I mentioned in the last episode, it's only when you can tap into that deepest level of vulnerability that you'll be able to reach the highest levels of your craft.
0: All that, empty silence once the doors are
1: that last line I said in the episode really encapsulates the essence of what I want this show to be. Visceral experiences of art and meaning as told through the stories of fellow artists. If you listened to last week's episode about making a difference you know that it's the kind of work that really moves me the kind of work that author martha beck refers to as your north star as you might guess it takes a lot of work to put shows like this together every week i have to determine what topic an episode will be combing through my notes with guests to find the appropriate sound bites from a disparate collection of interviews Cut those sound bites together, write the scripts to accompany those sound bites, record the scripts, edit the recording of the interview sound bites, pick my music, place the music, then create the mp3 file, upload it, write the blog post, schedule the tweets. Even describing it takes a long time. And I gotta say, I've been pretty proud of the fact that I've been able to pump out an episode every week for the past year, in some cases, even two episodes. But putting in that kind of work on a project like this has a cost. And in the spirit of the show and me being authentic and vulnerable, frankly, that cost has been a drop in my video business. Like many artists tend to do, I let the love of my art, in this case, this podcast, override the work necessary to keep that art alive. Now, for all intents and purposes, Radio Film School is a passion project. Now, we've had some great sponsors. Song Freedom has been amazing, Whipster, Muse by Still Motion, but those sponsorships don't come close to covering all the time that goes into making this show. My hope is that one day they will, but that day is not today. So where does that leave us? First, let me just alleviate your fears if you're a fan of the show. I'm not going anywhere. This is not a bittersweet and fond farewell. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I'm reiterating my commitment to bring you a terrific show. Just probably not as frequent. But hopefully, each episode I do bring you will be all the better. As my senior year high school English teacher, Mr. Nicholson, would say, I want your essays and compositions to be fudge, not cotton candy. Likewise, I want my podcast episodes for you to be fudge, not cotton candy. When I first started doing research on making a documentary-style podcast like this, I started listening to shows like 99% Invisible, Radiolab, Startup, Ted Radio Hour, etc. Now, if you're a fan of those shows, you undoubtedly will hear their influence in my show. And there are two things in particular I learned about shows like these. First, when most of them started, they weren't weekly. Particularly shows from one of my favorite podcast networks, Radiotopia, home of the aforementioned 99% Invisible. All of the shows I listened to on that network were pretty much monthly or even bi-monthly when they first started. 99%, Criminal, Millennial with Megan Tan, all started out like this. Why? Because they were started pretty much like me, with one person in a closet. I guess technically I'm not in a closet, I'm under the staircase in my house, but you get the picture. For some of those shows, it took a year before they went weekly, and some are still pretty much bi-weekly. Second, I learned that sometimes they play reruns. I swear, it seems like every week, Guy Raz from TED Radio Hours starts off the show saying, We're working on some new shows, so this week we have a show from our archives. This American Life does the same. At least once, sometimes twice a month, they replay an older episode, albeit often with a short new intro. All this to say, what's good enough for Guy Raz and Roman Mars is good enough for me. So here's the deal. First, for now, the show is moving to a semi-monthly slash bi-weekly schedule. So look for new episodes every other week or so. Except, we won't have brand new, fresh episodes of the new show until October. I want to spend the month of September working on new episodes, interviewing people, and hopefully building up a little buffer. So as of now, I have two special episodes planned for September. One is a Radio Film School Raw uncut interview with video essayist Adam Westbrook. You won't wanna miss that. It's an amazing, fantastic interview.
0: I wasted so many years with that kind of lie of, I will start making my own stuff just as soon as I earn enough money, just as soon as um, I've got enough time. All I need to do is, you know, um, get a few more gigs and then I'll have the time or the money to do this and the lie is of course that you know the right amount of time or, or the right time or the right amount of money or the right whatever whatever just never arrives
1: the second episode for september will be a radio film school rewind episode of our brief history of cinema collaboration with circuit podcast that was one of my favorite episodes from season one. The history of film technology is the history of how we tell stories.
0: Big stories told in little ways are little stories told in big ways. Each have their impact. We started with the 4x3 aspect ratio and the kinetoscope and early theaters, and soon television adopted the same. The race to keep audiences' attention has shifted many times, and we finally have arrived with screens that provide 16x9 ratio. The most common ratio for
1: feature films
0: that fit in our hands.
1: My hope and plan is that by October 4th, maybe October 11th, I'll be ready to officially kick off Season 2 of the show. Which reminds me and brings me to another important announcement. I said in earlier episodes that Season 2's theme would be Against All Odds. Stories of filmmakers and artists overcoming obstacles to get their projects done. Well, I'm making a change. The new theme will be the pursuit of passion. Many of us are driven by a passion to create our art, and sometimes it's hard, very, very hard. Well, I guess all the time it's hard. As usual, I will be one of the case studies we follow as I share with you the making of this podcast, pretty much like I've done today. I'll also share with you the updates on Mixed in America and any other special film projects I'm working on. But we have some pretty powerful stories already regarding this topic from other filmmakers. I speak with Patrick Moreau of Muse Storytelling as she shares some of the changes and evolution Still Motion is going through. There's so many people who hate their job, who aren't happy with their clients, who aren't happy with their margins, who aren't happy with their balance, and we just keep kind of going instead of going, wait a minute, what if, what if this is it? <laughs> what do I have to do? I also spoke with Amina Moreau, who is now officially heading up Still Motion while Patrick leads Muse. And she shares some personal stories that would help put perspective back in your life.
0: I recently got some test results from my doctor that, you know, he told me, not, not don't worry, Mina, but you've got to take care of some things. And I have this new exercise that I, that I do with myself. And every, every so often I ask, I ask myself to look back at my current state right now as though I'm 80 years old and ask myself, Am I proud of the life I'm living? Am I giving back enough? Am I fulfilled? Am I generous enough? How are my relationships? What, what is the status of all the things that are important to me?
1: While I have more interviews in the can, there are many, many more I need to get. So I'll be collecting those in the month of September, when we officially launch season 2, I want to come out the gate strong. I just said,
0: yes, man, right away,
1: anything, you. So, everything I've mentioned so far refers to the main episodes of the show which traditionally come out on Tuesdays. But as you recall, a few weeks ago we started our special mini-series, Breaking the Glass. Stories about gender, race, and making it in the biz. It's a follow-up to the women in film series we did in season 1. The first two episodes tackle some pretty provocative topics, and they're already online. And they have all the bite, charm, and even sometimes comedy that is represented in our regular episodes.
0: Uh, God. Well, let me get my train of thought. Yeah, go ahead. So, I would say this, that... Oh, so we're going to talk about... What we think about the fact that men are monopolizing in conversation about women, and so we're going to start. You just off by tapped here. out. You just because tapped you won't out. You won't. Don't blame it on Stop me. Interrupting. Hey, I was not interrupting you. You put your head down. So, oh god, it's so hard. I I got to clear my thoughts. You keep, no, No. I was you quiet. I was quiet. And you, dude. The conference would like to recognize the woman from Santa Clarita. <laughs> Shut the f- up already. God. <laughs>
1: Let me just say, the series is every bit as much for you men as it is for the women. In fact, you could even argue it's even more important for the guys to check it out. And I hope you will. They're really great conversations about a topic that is hugely important. They go online every other Thursday, and the next one is this Thursday, as a matter of fact. So be on the lookout. The balance of art and business is a hard one, not to mention balancing life as well. Juggling all of these balls is tricky. If you're not careful, you could drop them all. I want Radio Film School to continue to be a quality show that inspires you and encourages you to be the best filmmaker and artist you can. Not because you're gonna learn how to shoot with a Red Epic or color grade with Adventure Resolve, but because you're going to know why you're an artist and explore the significance of that and other important questions. And I want to do that at a level on par with those shows which have influenced me from the beginning. I really hope you'll stay along for the journey. To be honest, part of my fear has been that if I'm out of sight, I'll be out of mind. But I have to trust that even if the shows are not as frequent as they used to be, you'll still tune in. If you want to make sure you never miss an episode subscribe in itunes stitcher or whichever podcatcher you use the link to our rss feed is on every episode blog post while you're in itunes please leave a rating and review i can't tell you how much that helps and we really haven't been seeing an increase in reviews so if you haven't done one yet please hop on over and get on it lastly tell a friend share an episode on facebook or twitter or email a link to your friends and colleagues ultimately the long-term viability and sustainability of the show depends on you the audience i'll do my part in bringing the best podcast i can for those of you who've been along for the ride thank you thank you thank you here's to many more great stories to tell until next time remember if the story sucks i don't care what you shot it with or cut it on see you soon listening to dare dreamer fm the sound of creative expression
0: hmm? ah